Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Crazy Waffle Podcast. Today I'm chatting with British designer Rich Hines. I found Rich through his work on Instagram. With just over 3,500 followers on the platform, he produces some great logo work and recently did a joint project on Instagram with other designers, which we'll get into during the show. During the show, we chat about logo design, his favourite logos, his current favourite brands, we even look for a few design books, we chat about how to present work to clients, and also humble beginnings and changing paths. So thank you very much for listening, as always. Don't forget to subscribe if you're on YouTube, and I'll check in with you after the show. This is Rich Hines. Hi, everyone. Good stuff. Um, well, first of all, thanks for coming on the podcast, and yeah, it's, it's good to have you on. Hey, thanks for having me. So, first question uh, I ask everyone is, what's your favourite logo and why? Oh, wow. I feel like I should have had some sort of preparation for this. Yeah, sorry. This is hard. <laughs> favourite brand at the moment, Premier League. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, the desi- the job that Design Studio did uh, was very good, very very good. I don't really fan I don't really fancy the work that they did with Deliveroo. Um, I-, I just I-, I felt like I totally lacked personality. But the job they did for the Premier League, taking it from what it was in like the nineties yeah. and that negative space lion, yeah. it makes it it does bring it a bit more kind of childish and kiddy but also brings energy to the brand that wasn't there before. I think everybody kind of thought the brand was established and really mature, but actually, if you look at it, it's, it's, it's football, you know? It's about people having fun on a Saturday afternoon, you know, going to see the local team. And actually, the colours they brought in really complicated to manage that colour palette, yeah. but they smashed it. And those, those like, zigzag lines, which are yeah, meant to represent, yeah. like, top, top brand elements. So, actually, yeah, I'm going to say... I'm gonna say it's got to be. That's got to be the moment. Probably the uh, love that logo. Nice. I mean, I d- did you like it from the outset? Because I originally sort of, I think it's the change element. Like, I didn't like it, and a lot didn't of like to start with, but it's grown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's that happens a lot. Even like with a new YouTube logo, um, I liked it. I thought it was quite good from the outset, but then people on my the comments said that they hated it and hated it. Well, the like the YouTube one, it was not much of a change, is it? I mean, yeah, like, exactly. There's not there's not much to hate about it. They're just taking the taking the type out of the, out the button. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's people people's reaction to change isn't always good, and then they yeah. close on people. Like like you say, the, the Premier League branding is is oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those... Well, I've got another one. It's the Bank of New York. Bank of New York, right? I don't know why. Love it. Looks great. Looks freaking fantastic. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. You got it. You got it still. Ah, uh, yeah. That's that nice. That's good. Hold on. I've got a book here. This one. You got the. You know these, yeah. Yeah, I got those as well. <laughs> yeah, they're banging. This one is banging. There's some in there that are amazing. I'm just trying to find one of my favourite ones. I quite enjoy this. So I'm sorry to take an extra long. That's good. That's good. Couple in here are really top. Let's oh, see if we can find it. Let's have a look right here as well. Yeah, well, Formula One logo has always been pretty good. Yeah, true. True that. Um, Timeless, isn't it? Some good A's on that page. Yeah, I love it. But I don't just want to pick something that looks nice. It's like yeah, it needs some meaning. What's this? Yeah, what's especially timeless and what's got a good meaning in it? If I see one that's been around for yonks, then mm. I'll appreciate that. Some good Paul Rand ones, like the EPS one. I'd, Paul Rand's EPS logo. I think that's one of my favourites as well. Yeah, that's pretty standard, isn't it? I think um, if you come, oh, yeah, I, 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 I really like what they did with DPD. Uh, the profession on that brand was quite good. They did a good job there. You know, oh yeah, I love that as well. That that is a good. The old National uh, National History Museum. Yeah, 
strong brand. They've done well with that. Especially as they, they're using the um, the logo itself as uh, identity system and just keeps keep switching it out as, with different pictures. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. I, I don't think it would last so well, but it has done. Yeah, what else is in there? That's pretty dope. Yo, yeah, that's it. New Balance logo is banging. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. a quality logo, that because it's just so it's so sporty. Yeah, just so so simple, timeless. It's not going to age. Scale it will scale incredibly well. That's just popped in my mind. That's not even in here, but popped in my mind because I think it's, it's done really, really well. Do you reckon that holds up against like the Adidas's and 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 the Nikes? Yeah, I think New Balance is better than the Adidas one. Yeah, I think Adidas one looks nice, but what's the, what's the real meaning in it? Like, I, mean, I like, thought it was like steps and levels and challenge. Well, yeah, that's kind of like that's more of a metaphor, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Whereas the New Balance one is 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 an N in motion, literally moving, literally sporty. Yeah, yeah. I think it's class. They've done really well with that. Fair play to them. Any more? Any more pop to mind? I'm well, just scanning. No, I mean, I think that comes straight to my mind. Not no, not anymore. No, I think I think I've hit the nail on the head there. Next question. Yep. <laughs> Where do you go to uh, when researching design? What, what what's your process as well? Um, Pinterest, yeah, yeah, love Pinterest. Sometimes dribble, but dribble makes me well depressed because every work's incredible. <laughs> so like, I, I, I will use dribble. I do put up on dribble, but like, I just like managing Instagram's hard enough. Let alone two accounts. Yeah, dribbles is a real investment. But yeah, I love. I do like Pinterest a lot. And now I get a lot of Pinterest boards uh, and all the, the way that work presented on Pinterest. I think it's class. Like. Those you get those long feeds. Yeah. It's really good for branding and stuff. So Pinterest books, I've got loads of books. Love a good book. I've got a big list of books on Amazon. Like if I if I ever had any money, then I'd buy a load more, but <laughs> no, it's the same here, same here. Well let's talk about uh, presenting logos and presentation because if you look at your Instagram, they're presented the same way and they're presented very neatly and and yeah, they look beautiful as well. Obviously the work's great. Is there a specific way that what reason why you do it that way and and What's the importance behind presenting uh, work in that style? Um, so I, this is not how I present work to clients. Yeah, that's a different thing. This is the Instagram world is funny. You know, people want to see clean cut. You know, but then arguably people do their Instagram accounts and they post photos of their screen and that sort of thing. And and I, it's a style that I've settled upon, you know. Part, I, I like the cleanness of my feed. I like the fact that it's, it's kept clean. But, you know, in six months' time, the trends might change and I might adapt to my style mm. to suit. But personally, I like giving – I like keeping it that kind of grey theme, although I've introduced, started introducing a bit more colour. But I just think that, you know, per, from personal preference, learning from experience in terms of trying to keep it clean, trying to keep it nice. I used to post all sorts of – kind of eclectic different backgrounds and stuff but then I felt like I was just ended up being like like everyone else and so I wanted to make a style which I felt was kind of specific to me yeah. it's really hard to to be unique on Instagram you know when everyone does does basically everything but um yeah that, you know I, I choose to do it like that because it's because I think it looks nice and and, and I want to present my work in a clean way I don't really tend to post up process stuff maybe i'll keep it to my story if i'm going to put up images of kind of sketching and that sort of thing but i tend to keep my instagram pretty clean but yeah that's not the way you know when presented to a client there will be a lot more process involved because you, you want to add value to, to the work you're doing 
And how do you how do you go about that presenting it to a client? Then what's what's the main differences and what does it look like? You know, say if I'm if I've got a logo, so like you know the recent one that I did the co- co- collaboration project. Um, say let's take like the NASA one. Um, you get to see a bit more if you if you turn you know click sideways. You get to see a little bit more of how I might present it to a client. But what I will often do is present like. Four, you know, between three and five different variations based off the brief that they've given me, you know, they will be as close, depends how detailed, if the brief is really detailed, they'll be as close to the brief as, as they've given. If the brief is vague, then there'll be five pointing in different directions to show different possibilities of where the brand could go. Um, but then it will come down to kind of, I'll present the logo in different scales to show how it scales, scalability, I'll present it on the negative. Right. I'll present it on potential coloured backgrounds that could be the colour palette. Although my preference is to look at colour a little bit later on with the right. client because I find that colour can really sway a design and change your perceptions of it. And the logo needs to be good on black and white regardless of what colour the brand is. So I'll often just first pitch everything colour in, in, in black and white monochrome and then I will introduce a colour palette once they've chosen a direction that they're keen to go down. Because like I've said, one logo might look really nice in, in colour when it might not look so nice in black and white. And my first portfolio is always, how does it look in black and white and how does it scale? And and then the most key part to it, which you don't see on my Instagram, is, is mock-ups, you know, and, and negatives. So the NASA one, you can see how the negative works over an image really well. And that becomes, when you're dealing with a complex logo like the one I did for NASA, it becomes important how the negative works and is there a negative version of it. Mm. You know, a lot of logos these days are so simple and just kind of line work, thick line work. And then you don't really need a negative, you just need a reverse colour. You know, black on black or black on white or white on black. But um, the mock-ups is where it all comes into to its own, really. How is the logo seen in where the client's going to use it? Yeah. You know, the biggest thing that, that I've learned so far is... What, what people have said to me in, in videos I've watched and that sort of thing is the logo is never really ever going to be seen, you know, a thousand pixels by a thousand pixels on your computer screen. You know, like that's not how the logo is ever going to be seen. It's going to be seen like small top left of a web browser or what's the favicon like, you know, what does it look like on the back of a business card? Because those are the way the logos and the brands, that's where you experience them, you know, like in these books or, you know, on the back of your phone, you know, that Apple logo. It's all about you, the touch points and how you experience something. So that's the biggest thing that, that that plays into my mind when when designing a logo. How does it look in situ? And yeah, that tends to be how how I kind of present a lot of I present. I'll put copy in my presentation as well, like how it meets the brief, yeah. certain words, a bit of kind of bit of detail. So just really showing showing where it's going to be used and really getting a point across uh, to the client as well. Yeah, exactly. Show you, you know, it's about showing them. That's why I put in writing in there and I don't ever really let them read the PDF before I've presented it to them because I want to I wanna be able to, it's all about selling, you know, I want to be able to sell the ideas that I've put across and sometimes the images themselves on a page don't do enough. So I will include justification of, you know, showing that I've understood the brief and how this design specifically meets this part of the brief and, and how it's different to the other ones and, and how it, what's this benefit and what's that benefit. Awesome. Well, let's talk about the NASA logo and, your, and the, the collaboration project you did with uh, the other designers. Can you yeah. give us a bit, a bit more of a background on like who was involved and, and what it's all about? 
So um, I decided that I wanted to get some designers together to work on our own projects. And the biggest the biggest reason behind this is that everything you see on Instagram these days, pretty much a lot of the stuff, is 90% of it, or maybe even a, a bit less, is designed just with the Instagram market in mind. So it might be like a little sketch or a little logo that goes on a page and you've just come up with the idea, like how many brands out there, somebody comes up with a cool idea and they make it happen and they produce it and it looks great. But I'm passionate and we're passionate about presenting ourselves with real world design problems. So how do we evolve one of the, you know, one of the oldest and most prestigious logos there's ever been? You know, how do you do that? Because those are the sorts of problems that you want to be in. You want to be working at one of the best agencies in the world. You want to be evolving the Adidas brand. You, you know, you want to be doing that. And if and if we can set ourselves those challenges, then it's going to make ourselves better designers, isn't it? Yeah. Because the reality of being a good creative in this world is not just getting pen to paper and making something look nice, but it's about you know how can I do this so it meets meets the client's needs. And if you bring in kind of history and you bring in kind of restrictions and it actually makes makes you a better designer makes your job a lot harder so the reason we started that was i said that let's tackle big brands with big histories and lots of people have kind of preconceptions and they have their own agenda or their own history with these logos you know for example like nasa you know like people are passionate about that logo and to even touch it is is almost blasphemy but I was saying, you know, put yourself in the in the shoes of the agency that if they ever got the account to evolve the NASA logo, you know, what what's the history in the NASA logo? And I learned that that you know keep keep pushing on the NASA one. That I learned that every element in the NASA logo currently has a reason for being there. So what can you justify dropping, and what what can't you drop? And so I tried to retain or combine the elements previously and evolve it into what what would essentially be the NASA logo for like the next 30 or 40 years. Yeah. I'm not saying that no, like it's necessarily good because it, it's just me having a crack at the brief, yeah. you know, essentially I'm trying as a designer to, to look at the brand and say, okay, where could this brand be? Or where could this brand go in like 10, 15, 20 years and that sort of thing. And you know, who's to say what, what's right and wrong other than, you know, at the end of the day, there might be an agency or the in-house design team, and it might be 10 or so people, and they get to decide what's right and wrong. It always comes down to someone's opinion at the end of the day. There's no specific right or wrong. If these 10 people decide what they think looks nice and what, what they think matches the brand, then that would essentially be it. And then, you know, that's up to the opinion of the rest of the world, whether it's good or not. So it's just trying to be – my biggest thing was – is this a believable evolution? Does it retain the identity of the logo, of the brand, but does it look visually current or visually expansive so it could be appropriate in five or so years? So if you, again, if you take the, like the Chicago Bulls one, which we recently just did, so like I barely changed that logo because I was like, well, I don't ever believe that the Chicago Bulls are going to drop their the famous front on bull. They yeah. haven't touched it for 50 years. Why would they, why would they suddenly change that? But what I did decide to do, I was like, well, why don't I just refresh the bull face to make it more current and on trend with other 
um, basketball team's logo developments. And if you look at kind of ones like the Pelicans or the Hornets, you know, they've gone down that classic, almost like esports, modern yeah. basketball style logo. Uh, and that seems to be where the market is going. So I was like, well, why don't I just, you know, kind of bring the vector to life a little bit and, and take it straight out of the 60s and put it in, you know, put it in, put it in the modern day. And, and, you know, maybe that's a believable evolution. You know, I think it's a believable evolution, you know, whether whether everyone else thinks it is, you know, that that's their opinion. And, and I, I think to the fact that, uh, it, again, it's my opinion. It doesn't necessarily make me right. It doesn't make me wrong. But I tried to do something that I felt retained the, the magic of the brand. What was your favourite like one from the from the projects as well? Um, favourite or most popular? Yeah, what's like your favourite. <laughs> um, well, based off of kind of public opinion, I guess the uh, the most successful one would have been the, the NASA one. Um, I was, I, you know, I was really pleased with the result. I, I really liked it. Uh, which one did I? I liked I liked my idea behind the Costa one. Right, because that that was uh, I I I essentially pitched a strategic a strategic um, repositioning of the Costa brand into what where I felt the gap in the market was. So moving away from kind of this long boxing match with Starbucks mm. and actually ab- adopting the Costa Italian heritage, because I feel that there's a gap in the market currently for. Uh, for a, a traditional but um, national-wide Italian coffee company, you know that that that, that trades on a on a national level, um, and I felt like they could they could actually step away from the corporate and more into the kind of more into the kind of corner coffee shop, but still on a national level. Um, but no, I think yeah, I think my favourite one was probably I did really enjoy the visual appeal of the Lego one, but. Uh, I think I made a mistake dropping the yellow. Um, I think, uh, in hindsight, I could, should have kept that in because I don't think it it, it, it retains the. It does look fun, yeah, but yeah, I thought Nadia's <clears throat> Lego one was was crazy good. Hers was amazing. Um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, not sure. It depends on what everyone else thinks was, was the best. And, you know, it's not it's not about me. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> awesome, awesome working there from all all of you. I love the way you think about logos as well, like the the meaning and the everything behind it, and not just oh it looks nice, let's put it on Instagram. I like you actually, even if it's just a, a project that is going on Instagram, it's it's still thought about. And um, I think I'm gonna have to do that a bit more. So when did you first get into design? What's like a bit of history about you? I so I did product design at university, and then I uh, co-founded a company in my last year of university um, called There Is Something More. And I and we needed someone to do graphic stuff, and I was the only designer on on team, as it were. So I basically built the brand, and through my product design course, I knew a lot of graphic design anyway. Mm. And uh, I finished university and was looking for full time product design jobs, really. But um, people asked, started asking me to do some freelance graphic design um, from seeing what I'd done. So I continued to do that, and then. I was still looking for jobs throughout for for a year while freelancing, and then I had a decision to make a year after I graduated whether I would take a couple of jobs I had on the table or push my freelance. So I decided then that I was going to push my freelance, and I said I'd give it five years and see where I'm at five, and 
I've given it three, and I, I'm, I'm definitely going to be doing it in two more years. So hopefully, I'll be doing it another ten years after that. That's cool. Is that something you you would, like you tell people to do as well? Like give it, give yourself a bit of time to see how it evolves. Um, no, I would actually encourage people to do it differently to what I did. I think the best way to do freelance is to work in an agency for like two, three years, you know, maybe even five years, right. um, because like I've worked in agencies from freelance stuff. But that does not compare to the experience that I'd gained from working three years in an agency. Like I'm obviously the benefits of working freelance is that I get to work on a variety of projects and get to hone my skills in a variety of ways. Whereas if I was in an agency, say if you're a junior designer, there might be only a certain level of responsibility that you'll get given. And so you are limited to what you can work on. But it's the process. It's the process that's important. So when you're dealing with big brands, you know, still I'm like, you know, I want to know the process that goes on at Design Studio when they're dealing with the Premier League brand. You know, how do they do that? How do they go about that? How do they tackle that? What's the team like? What do they do? And those sorts of questions, you know, like bug me and I want to know those sorts of things. Um, so I would encourage, you know, get that agency experience because it's just a good way in the door. It, you, you'll, you'll, you'll learn a lot more in the first three years of working in an agency than you would do working in like freelance. I was quite lucky, you know, that, I mean, like I, don't, I don't think it works out all the time. I was quite fortunate. Um, well, I wouldn't say I was fortunate. I think I was blessed. I was very blessed. Um, yeah, get that experience. And, you know, if you want to go freelance in like five years' time, then you'll have a better contacts to do it. And it's and the only way to freelance is face-to-face, like meet people, go to networking. Like every websites are redundant for gaining business these days. And that's obviously, like you say, that's still like the personal feel as well, uh, like talking to people and, and you build a better relationship, don't you, as well, as rather than talking online. Yeah. So who do you look up to in the design community? Like, who's your design idol? <laughs> who do I look up to? Who do I, who do I, who do I really like? Yo, this is one guy which I take, which I do take inspiration from, but he's not necessarily creative. Um, a good friend of mine, Duran, everybody knows him, Duran Van... I can never pronounce his surname. He's very popular on Instagram. He's, uh, he's a creative mate of mine. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't just necessarily take inspiration as such from him because his creative style is quite different to mine. I'm super inspired by Nadia. She's a good friend of mine. I think I think her her work is always absolutely fantastic. Um, but there's a guy on Instagram called Noel the Artist. Right. And he's a, he's a Christian like me and... Uh, he puts out the most, like the coolest sketch, kind of that really current style where everybody tends to sketch in like diamond inside a diamond with like a cool like scene, and he's super inspiring. Um, love him. Oh, um, a good friend of mine called Ian Barnard. He's very popular on Instagram. He's an uh, an illustrator. He's a uh, a calligrapher. Oh, you know, I wouldn't say I necessarily I'm inspired because. I don't do like calligraphy. I do a bit of typography, but not like not like the same. But um, guess I'm just a, a, inspired by their application and the way that they 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 get across their personal life and, and their passions through their work. Yeah, and creativity in general as well. It just sort of sparks someone else. Yeah, 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 for sure. Awesome. Well, what's your number one design tip? What tip would you give to other creatives? Number one design tip. Or just, uh, 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 or, or even a life tip. Life tip. Or maybe both. Um, you know, I don't want to wax lyrical about 
Love your job. Love what you do. You know, because like that's so so canned, isn't it? Um, uh, you know, what what do I what do I struggle with? What do I what do I want to kind of sketch? There's still a lot of sketching. A lot of sketching. Like you know, the the world is moving like more and more into its computer mm. in terms of like going straight onto a computer, but. You know, don't lose the ability to sketch and draw and illustrate and that sort of thing. And you only get there by like practicing. Like, I'm still crap. You know, like, you know, I'll only be good in like ten years if I keep doing it. You know, so just sketch a lot and listen to lots of great music. Awesome, awesome. Thank you very much. I'm going to leave the podcast there. Thanks very much for being on the show. Um, Absolute pleasure. Let me know when it comes out. I'll have to pop it. And listen. Well, do where where can people find you and, and say hello to you as well? Oh, yeah. People can say hello to me via, you know, my email, contact at studiohines.com, or they can go find me on Instagram, rich.hines. You know, I love, you know, I love talking to people if anybody's got any questions about anything. You know, I love to just, you love to chat to new people. So, uh, you know, come say hi. Well, thanks very much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I look forward to, uh, yeah, chatting again soon. Thank you very much for listening to the Creative Waffle Podcast. Thanks to Rich for being on the show. You can check him out on Instagram, rich.hines, that is R-I-C-H dot, as in the circle, uh, H-I-N-D-S. So thanks very much again. Uh, Go and check him out, some great work, and catch up with him, say hello. He wants to speak to new people. And uh, whilst you're on the internet, whilst you're on Instagram, go follow Blue Dead Design, get it in there while I can. And uh, yeah, thanks very much. Leave a comment, review, and all that. I'd be grateful uh, if you could give us some feedback. Uh, people who, who you want on the show, you want to see on the show, any recommendations? So, yeah, anything at all, really. <laughs> if you want some stickers, you know, get in touch. Thanks very much, and I'll catch you in the next episode. <laughs>